to Black Chicks Bible Study, uh, where we are reclaiming the Bible one book at a time. So this is, yeah, the third time we're doing it. We're going to cover Leviticus. The more I've been reading this book, or the more I've been reading the Bible overall, I feel like I'm going into a, a tailspin. Mm. Like a rabbit hole oh, is a okay, better word for it. Yeah, it feels like going down the rabbit hole mm. now a little bit. Because I feel like we're never going to cover um, I think the history and <laughs> scope of it. <laughs> I think maybe because it's like since we're actually getting into it now, and especially, I don't know if it felt like this for you, but with this book in particular, like, there's literally so much that you could yeah. probably do a podcast on each, like, verse if you really wanted you could. to. There's so much. Yes. Yeah, I think maybe that's why you feel like we're definitely not delving into this from a, like, theological standpoint with all these resources and connecting all these dots. It's more of a personal, personal what did we know before we read the book? Is this been in line with what we thought was happening when we grew up in, you know, the church? And, you know, what sounds familiar? What's kind of new information? for us and just more also for both of us it is the first time you know we've read the bible or are reading the bible all the way yeah yeah, and all the way through so i mean like i know i've been looking up a couple resources too and they'll make references to like books that we haven't even gotten Mm -hmm. to yet so it's hard for us i think to even to make some of these connections or connect certain dots but that makes for an interesting journey i believe (laughs) yeah i think we're doing a no spoilers approach where we know some parts of what will happen later on and in the new testament but we're trying to stay to what we're reading at the moment and figure out what makes it what it is and what we can take from it that we like or that we appreciate anyway we want to do something of a testimony at each episode where we reflect on what we took away from the last book of the bible and like how that paid off in real life Mm -hmm. so do you want to go first? <laughs> sure. So last week, I think at the end of the podcast, I was basically talking about how one of the main messages or main takeaways I had from the book of Exodus was to keep going no matter how tough things are or how stressful life gets. Like that kind of applied to me over the last, since the last episode, because I recently moved and it was probably the most, oh, yeah. one of the most stressful moves I've ever had in my life funny because I moved like literally the closest to <laughs> I've ever been I literally moved like blocks I could oh move. yeah it was really close yeah I could walk to my old place in like 15 minutes but in but every it's still other a whole place, thing you yeah have to pick up and so like basically since I moved I've lost my entire wallet that had my ID my credit cards my short info my uh transportation cards in it I lost all of that so I wanted to buy things where my apartment to feel more settled in so it was kind of like I couldn't do any of that anyway all that happened and then literally like not even a week later I lose the temporary ATM card in my new wallet that I got like I somehow lost it so basically in the matter of a week I lost two wallets (laughs) you know I wanted to just like crawl under a hole and just like go away for a while but it was like I couldn't even do that because my apartment was still in chaos Mm -hmm. and boxes and things like that and And you want to feel settled yeah just everything put together exactly yeah you know like you know me like when I I like to get you know settled then it's like I can't relax until things have a place but you're so good at it everything is put together already and it happens so quickly and you made it through what a great testimony and how much do you credit the book of exodus for that (laughs) 75 (laughs) good deal 75 I mean if I hadn't read that book I don't know if anything you don't know where you'd be be, you know I don't yeah Yeah. I'm glad to be alive another um couple weeks since we did our last episode one of the things we talked about last time too when we were ending our episode was the idea of like escaping bondage and sometimes Mm -hmm. that being in your own mind Mm -hmm. and then being able to uh envision tabernacles beyond what you know what your situation is now having 
the ability to like build that vision. Mm-hmm. So there's something called maladaptive daydreaming where you kind of daydream or imagine situations, but you mm-hmm. don't really like, Plan it's very fantasy or, or it's not based in anything you'd really like mm-hmm. strive toward or kind of like more mundane daydreaming. I can do that, but it's harder for me to like tabernacle build. Have a specific. Yeah, definitely. Have a vision for myself. Mm-hmm. And I won't say that I did this intentionally, but remembering and listening back to what we said last time, mm-hmm. looking back, I can see that this is what it was, but I've been listening to a lot of like, um, like motivational compilations on mm-hmm. YouTube and like, you know, mm-hmm. really cheesy uh, preachers or it'll be like Tony Robbins and like oh, Will gosh. Smith. <laughs> Being like, climb the mountain, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. Uh-huh. No one can stop you. Right. Wake up at 4 a.m. And I'll never wake up at 4 a.m., no, but I've been listening to it. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I've been listening to that stuff. Um, and meditating. Started meditating oh, again, good. which, really yeah, I've been feeling like I had to do that for a long time. Just get back into the habit. And, and you actually did it. Yeah, this just yeah. started up the past week where I've been able to stick with it. And that's nice. super, good. Yay. super helpful. Uh-huh. There's a little synchronicity, I guess, because even though we might not have been reflecting on our um, word of faith from Mm -hmm. Exodus, (laughs) um, we might have like forgotten to intentionally do it this time around, but it did work. Yeah. Yeah. What were your first uh, impressions of the book of Leviticus? The main thing I took away was that it was literally like the book of laws. Mm -hmm. So it's just a lot of instruction certain sacrifices, how they're to be carried out. And there's just, you know, for me, it's just a very hard book to get through because it is so specific. Very technical. Yeah, very technical. There's a lot happening. And at first glance, a bit barbaric Mm -hmm. um, with the, you know, slaughtering of animals and placing blood on things and stuff like that. Mm So um, So if the book of Exodus was about Moses leading the Israelites and building the tabernacle, Leviticus is about God telling his people how How to to like, yeah, how to use it, how to coexist. Mm -hmm with him how to be pure and worthy enough to like be in the tabernacle and around it Mm -hmm. and how to um give worthy sacrifices for sin and guilt and (laughs) And it's also kind of like the book that started separating people like the priests are very important in this book like you start to get a separation of not everyone's necessarily a holy or worthy not everyone is a high priest yeah the high priest and there's a you know they have a little bit more specific duties and they're the ones who can you know say whether you're a leper you know like they have a lot of things that they could do that the regular lay people don't necessarily do so it's interesting to see that part come out because I don't think there's been that super separation in the other two books between priests or people of the church and everyone else Aaron is the brother of Moses and he's set up as the high priest and his sons are priests on the behalf of the um of the offerer they have to handle the sacrifices and they get to eat from them they have to have all these adornments and there's but all the ritual around be, how they're ready to be priests too it has to be done to a T or else yeah. we'll see I'm sure we'll get there and if they don't do it to T there's consequences like death <laughs> yeah death <laughs> is the consequence for a lot of minor and major infractions <laughs> Yeah, it's like, that's what this is all like. This is what's going to be acceptable for you Israelites. And then, you know, I think they also say in the book, like, even if outside guests come, they're still supposed to, you know, act this way. Like, I remember there's something about foreigners coming in and that they should still apply the same. Yeah, not like, oh, we're going to respect your different. No, you're here. You're going to do it things the way we do it. Which was They are trying to develop an early theory of bacteria, too, probably. Well, yeah, yeah, there's a lot about cleanliness and what's unclean and... All the All rashes and mm-hmm. the priest is supposed to examine you. And if your um, r- rash is gross enough, you get exiled or yeah. you're unclean or untouchable. Mm-hmm. But we can go from the top down. So yeah, it starts out talking about how to make atonement with God and get over our intentional and unintentional sins. Yeah. So first chapter, I guess, is like instructions for a burnt offering. And through my research and notes, I found that this was 
a little bit um, different than some of the other offerings because the burnt offering is the only offering that's totally consumed at the altar, mm-hmm. except for the hide and the crop of the bird that are supposed to be sacrificed. But other than that, like you're literally like the fire is consuming everything versus, you know, I'm sure we'll get to it in other things. You're only taking out the kidneys of this or the, I don't know, there's different parts, but this one, it's like kind of making a huge sacrifice by burning it all. I also read that apparently it's the oldest type of sacrifice and you know this one is like a male without a blemish like for animals Mm -hmm. and like you know we get through other offerings and it doesn't matter if it's a female or male but for this one it's specifically males without blemishes and a lot of other specific things I didn't write down because yeah. I was like, I don't want to, you know, like, just talk it's, about that. Yeah, it's just a lot of It's mind-numbing. Yeah. It's, I'll call it mind-numbing. Like, listening to it off yeah. the bat, I was like, oh, my God. And listening to the audio of it, too. Oh, my God, yeah. It just sounds like God is super um, OCD and finicky and, like, listing everything off. Like, make sure you're getting this down, mm-hmm. you know? Like, very... Um, yeah. I was like, gosh, yeah, it was just really... Because there are so, so many specific. different types of offerings. There's also a food offering, which you can just bring for, what do you, slaughter it and cook it for Aaron and his family yeah, to eat at the tabernacle? Mm-hmm. So that's a sacrifice, and it's too. Like, but it's like, you didn't do anything wrong, it's just an offering. Like, certain ones I know, like... If you like the fellowship the offering, yeah. for sure. That's mm-hmm. like, you're thanking God, you're just giving a yeah. fellowship offering. You didn't have any sin or guilt attached right, to yeah. it. Still, he mm-hmm. has very specific rules for that one, like where you mm-hmm. have to smear the olive oil and what kind of bread you have to serve with it. Mm-hmm. And it's like Yeah, everything has very specific rules. Yeah, <laughs> no matter whether you're just offering it as a fellowship offering, or whether it's a wave offering, which is like, what, you wave something in the air? Yeah. <laughs> um... Or a guilt offering, any of that, like, there's always a bunch of rules with it of how it's to be prepared. Mm -hmm. And then um, in Leviticus 2.13, he Mm -hmm. mentions, God mentions to Moses, like, three times that he has to have salt and seasoning on the meat. (laughs) Tell that to the lady who made that award-winning chicken from Oprah. It was recently an old clip surfaced of um, an old Oprah episode where there was a lady that had made... I did say something like that. It was, like, Pillsbury or one of those. I didn't watch the clip, though. Um, And she didn't put salt in her chicken. Oh, my God. Blasphemous. It's biblical. Put salt in your food. Put seasoning. seasoning. Yeah, it's criminal not to season your food. Yeah. Did we talk about the peace offering? We did the fellowship offering. Yeah. That's chapter three. Mm -hmm. And the notes I have on that are that that was like more of a communal type offering, Mm -hmm. where versus the other ones are, like you said, for atonement, sometimes are there just bringing something to a priest, but this one is like more of a community thing. And it's like, like you said, thanking God for the peace. For being God. For being God. And then also, I think it said about, because he's blessed them to be able to have these crops. So if he's giving them rain and good soil and stuff, then this is like, they're like something, part of that needs to go back to him because he's the source of why this is happening in the first place. Yeah, like the idea of a tithe. You're mm -hmm. already giving part of your crop or your stock, your animals. Exactly. It's so cool to have that, not just an I'm sorry gift, but a thank you gift. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) It's like very, um, yeah, you are just saying thank you for what you've already gotten from God. Also, thank you. People don't do that a lot sometimes. It's like you only do stuff when you feel wrong or, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes in relationships, it's like, you know, you want someone that's going to just bring you flowers just because, like, mm-hmm. not because, like, oh, we got in a fight. Just can give people things when things are fine, too, like, because it's nice to have, you know? Yeah. It's a nice gesture. <laughs> like, you should also just be grateful for the grace of God no matter what. Mm-hmm. So it's like, even if you're not consciously sinning, right? you're like, oh, I don't, I'm not entitled to any of this working out for me. I'm not entitled to my survival and mm-hmm. harmonious living with other people. Thank so you, God. Thankful, for, yeah. yeah, thank <laughs> you. Which is pretty cool. And then I only put down, like, my biggest impressions, and I skipped mm-hmm. over a lot of the Aaron being ordained. And I had a little notes, like, before 
before that just about the idea like the, in chapter five they talk a little bit about reparations mm. um and the idea of paying back damage that was caused so that's yeah. also another type of offering and then like later down the road um which i think we'll probably get into more later there was that idea of like when they're talking about the festivals and stuff about letting people free after you know like yeah, yeah the just, jubilee yeah the jubilee it's like, like a that. spirit of forgiveness yeah and, so mm-hmm. even if you've done wrong it's like there's still a chance to kind of write that wrong mm-hmm. and so yeah other than that yeah there was just a lot of rules about the priests and like you said yeah, what they're people, wearing yeah. all the rules for them and then um a lot of weirdness around mm-hmm. how the animals are to be sacrificed mm-hmm. it is really barbaric the carving up of the carcasses and the sprinkling of the blood, blood on, on the, the lobe of the ear yeah, and, the and all, very <laughs> splashing it on the altar blood. yeah, yeah. That was really like what the heck okay. like the imagine thumb, if they do that the ear the big toe <laughs> oil on the head yeah that's, yeah i was just thinking like if there were churches today that were doing this i don't think they as our society would be like accepting like that like no we do symbolic blood we'll drink wine but not yeah, put actual we'll animal, animal blood, blood on our on faces or... i do know that i don't know if it was like this where you, you can you know let me know if this was part of your experience growing up in the church though so, um i definitely remember oil anointings being a big thing and, like, oh I yeah definitely for had, sure like, you know friends of my family who were you know the church priests or the you know not the priests but what do we call it? pastors, pastors yeah, yeah. I remember specifically there was one church I went to where the pastor and his wife would always be like, people are going to come to India. They're going to look for guidance and we're going to anoint you so you can have, you know, these answers. And it was a very specific oil too. I remember no matter what church I went to, I don't know if it was like this for you, but I can't remember. I wish I'd looked it up, but there's a very specific brand and bottle that I feel like is literally oh, the church anointing wow. oil or something because I just remember like a very specific bottle and they, yeah, they would pour it out and like touch the forehead and all kind of stuff and pray over me. I don't um, remember a bottle brand, but uh-huh. I do remember there being a lot of oil and getting crosses drawn on my forehead. Yeah forehead and yeah little fingers dipped in oil and mm-hmm. it's not until we get to chapter 14 but mm-hmm. that is just a theme of like these rituals yeah the rituals are mm-hmm. cartoonishly witchcraft like that's what we would call it today you're supposed to take a bird and dip the blood in the bucket and sprinkle mm-hmm. the dirty water that the bird was in you sprinkle it on the people and in people's houses mm-hmm. which is interesting because it's also like they don't want which you know it's also yeah like, which well is everybody else's ritual is yeah. witchcraft they have the one true god so to right, them they're, they're doing not, yeah mm-hmm. reading through this book made me think like of the people i see on the street sometimes that are just like repeating the same things over mm-hmm. and over again or like talking i don't know sometimes because i ride the bus a lot or mm-hmm. the train and you Me just too. see people who are like saying all this stuff and it's almost like it sounded like just crazy yeah you know someone just speaking all these crazy things that like words just words not yeah to, like i couldn't even follow it half mm. the time like what are you even talking about I don't know, it's interesting because it's like I also, even though it sounds crazy, I'm also one of those people that like, if I'm on the street and someone like talks to me, like I listen to them for the mm-hmm. most part, you me know, too, it's yeah. always just like, maybe they are, you know, like got they something, have something to say. Yeah, something <laughs> to say. So it's also like, I don't know, it's just interesting. Especially if they're yeah. screaming, you're like, there's so much frustration and emotion. You must be trying to tell me something. something there. <laughs> It's almost like we're having to decode a little bit. Mm-hmm. And there is so much like intention behind it. There's so much um, planning and agreement. Um, the ritual came from somewhere. Right. Mm-hmm. It is just really weird now because we have better tools for yeah. reaching God. But then what I did think was interesting was that whole, in chapter 10, part about Nadab and Abihu or being killed yeah, yeah because of the strange fire because it, d- it didn't exactly follow god's instructions it was an unauthorized was like the, offering <laughs> yeah it was like the bit that's how chapter 10 basically starts <laughs> so yeah leviticus chapter 10 it says and nadab and abihu took either of them his censer and put fire therein and put incense therein and offered strange fire before the lord which he commanded them not 
And there went out fire from the Lord and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. So yeah, because they weren't instructed to do this, their consequence was death. Yep. So. Yep. Is it me or did it feel like Aaron moved on really quickly after that? I don't feel like mm-hmm. there was a moment where we talk about Aaron reacting to it or grieving. I don't think so, but that was also part of this chapter. God says, "Don't mourn." Tell them, True. Like, don't <laughs> like keep it moving. Like, don't make this a thing. So. <laughs> Yeah. yeah he's like, I don't want to hear any whining yeah, from anyone. Hear, here are the rules. As usual. <laughs> Here's like, how you worship me. Yeah. Don't do it perfectly or worship me unprompted and you're going to die. Pretty much. And then it was like, all right, let's get back to it. Yep. Chapter 10, verse <laughs> 3. Moses then said to Aaron, after you know, God killed his kids. Moses said to Aaron, this is what the Lord spoke of when he said, among those who approach me, I will be proved holy in the sight of all people. I will be honored. Aaron remained silent. Mm -hmm. So God is really like uncompromising. Mm -hmm. But you know what? So is the truth. Right? You know, hey. If you learn the laws of gravity and you don't obey, jump out of the window, guess what'll happen? You might die. Yep. You will will die. Well, (laughs) most likely. That's true. But you know what? God is, um, having they're in their infancy with having you so know he's this religion down. yeah it's he's like, gotta be yeah. pretty strict no yeah there's no leniency right now yeah that struck me too that kind of abrupt yeah reaction of like nope not the way i wanted no, it yeah, no now you're gone <laughs> yeah it's like what he might do the same thing if you sacrifice a goat and didn't season it mm-hmm. there'd be consequences yep. of death. and aaron it seems like in that same chapter in chapter 10 it mm-hmm. seems like there are um special rules for the priests. Yeah. Like, don't uh-huh. drink wine in the tabernacle. Don't go out tearing clothes, having unkempt hair, which, you know. I cannot be a priest. I can't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. me neither. I cannot keep up with that. Already, <laughs> I'm out. People do need, you know what? People need people to look up to. We need our uh, priests to be looking good when they step out. That's true. I would say, yeah, you're not going to listen to someone who looks like they just came Rolled out of bed. Early. Yeah, you're going to listen to someone who you're like, dang, how you look so put together, you know? Come out looking immaculate. All right. And then chapter 11 is like a lot about the food stuff. Okay, Leviticus 11.3. You may eat any animal that has a divided hoof and that chews the cud. Any animal that only chews the cud or only has a divided hoof, you must not eat. So like a camel. We don't really eat camel. I don't eat camel. Some people might. But verse six, I thought was interesting because he said no hair. We eat rabbits. People eat rabbits. People eat rabbits. People love rabbits. Yeah, I'm like, I think that's a pretty... Well, wrong Leviticus. You're wrong. please. Doesn't Who doesn't like, like pig? Bacon. Wrong, wrong. <laughs> Pork belly. Come on. And then, of course, mm-hmm. the seafood. Yeah. Seafood forever. Those things probably were harder to clean back then and mm-hmm. to keep refrigerated and bacteria-free. Like mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Very Makes cool sense. that they're writing all of this into law. They're very thoughtful about what might kill them. Mm-hmm. I agree, yeah. Same with all the things coming out from the body, like the rashes and the mm-hmm. menstrual blood and the semen and everything they get very specific about. Yeah, which is kind of going into chapter 12. Yep. The uncleanliness of childbirth. Childbirth in itself is unclean. <laughs> the worst thing you can ever do. But apparently it's a part of life because without apparently. it, it's not going. <laughs> it, I, what I thought, the only thing I really wrote down about this chapter was that it said women, um, you know, after that, like they have to rest or whatever and, mm-hmm. and recover, but they have to stay longer for a girl. For a girl. Yep. Yeah. Like what? Don't you know you're more unclean after you have a girl? She's Girls are just too. filthy, yeah. Because she's going to bleed. Too. A woman having a girl, like, <laughs> That's obviously, disgusting. double yuck. Yeah, it's gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and here's where they lay out, like, a boy should be circumcised on the eighth day. Mm-hmm. And yeah, women after their own period, obviously, you don't, like, go out and interact with people. Right. Because you need that. to, like, be purified from that. But I mean, again, 
Yeah, they've got their reasoning. There's a lot of stuff that's transmitted through blood, so, I mean... Yeah, that's one thing I don't get, is, like, mm-hmm. why are you more un- impure after a girl? A girl yeah, more unclean after having a girl. Maybe they knew that then, that girls would just be more work, and they wanted to give them more rest, because they were like, you have got an extra nightmare ahead of you. Yeah, girl. Yeah, a little sassy girl. Yeah, girl. Oh, you need, like, three <laughs> extra things. Yeah, we'll give you a little bit more rest now. What I thought was interesting was Leviticus 13, 46 says, All the days wherein the plague shall be in him, he shall be defiled, he is unclean. He shall dwell alone, without the camp shall his habitation be. Uh-huh. I mean, it makes sense. You don't want to spread this to other people, so maybe you should be quarantined. But, spoiler <laughs> alert, <laughs> Jesus hung with all the lepers. That was like a thing. So I just thought that was interesting, knowing that in future books to come, it's like, you know, these shunned people that society want nothing to do with. It was like so holy of Jesus and so righteous of him to like be hanging out with these people, even though his father God said, don't do it. Yeah. Well, you know what? Maybe by then they had more coping mechanisms for like, by then maybe progress it. had been made. Yeah. for not just, um, And not catching whatever yeah. disease you come across. Yeah. And then Jesus is more comfortable. He's like, you know, a hundred years ago, I couldn't have done this, with you guys. <laughs> strides have been made. Yeah. We got medicine now, so... <laughs> Leviticus thirteen forty five. I thought that was funny too, just the verse before it. Anyone with such a defiling disease must wear torn clothes, let their hair be unkempt. So the opposite of what Aaron and the priest Right, do. like you gotta look a mess. You gotta look. Like you gotta... <laughs> Not even gonna look your direction. Like, Cover the lower part of their face and cry out, unclean, unclean. Yeah, terrible. You have to make You're it really shunned. clear yeah. how unclean you are. Which is another very pro-social neighborly thing to do. Yeah. You don't want people to get people. sick. Don't do that nowadays. They're out there pulling their pants down, sticking things in people without any, you know. Not a second thought. Not a second thought. Um, Just right in the next chapter, Mm -hmm. I love that we're introduced to the concept of a scapegoat. There's this interesting ritual on the Day of Atonement, the big day where you atone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And um, the high priest Aaron would have two goats and have to kill one of them and then the other one would be set free into the wilderness after uh-huh. having everybody's sins put mm-hmm. on that one goat. Yeah. So it's like introducing the idea yeah. of you transfer um, your sins onto another living thing mm-hmm. and you don't have to burn it up. Like they would let this goat just run off yeah. and carry the weight of the sin of the whole community. Mm-hmm. Um, and the people would cast lots on um, which goat was to be named the scapegoat in that moment. Right. So people talk about this foreshadowing spoiler alert mm-hmm. the messiah later on of like oh a living thing that you put your sin on even though he had to be killed right so I know, why yeah, did huh? he have to be massacred and killed and carved up but the goat, just, but go the goat just goes free yeah. do they go and run and catch it later Maybe. <laughs> so like, you have to die one interesting thing that i read in my research was that some scholars say that they think this was actually another book like the whole book of leviticus actually stopped at chapter 16 mm. and then Everything that comes after that was actually supposed to be like another or came from somewhere else. And oh. just put it with that, which is also would be why there's kind of a lot of repetition. Because like, mm-hmm. that's how it kind of does. Like, as we get through it, it's still there. It's like they're still talking about the same things, but they might give a little bit more detail mm-hmm. as to the sacrifice. That so I thought sense. that was. And then the other thing from that um, book we get is just the idea of like not eating the blood of animals. Yeah. And this whole idea, of, you know, which is still really good today, like kosher. You know, mm-hmm. there's a specific way that, you know, they need to be drained and slid and 
So um, split open and carved up and all the fat and the organs and everything. One thing that people bring up to throw out there is the 1822 verse. Is that the like threads mixing cloth or something? Um, that well, that is another oh, one. Okay. Yeah, not mixing different types <laughs> of yeah. cloth. Uh-huh. But uh, 1822, do not have mm-hmm. sexual relations with a man as one does with a woman. That is detestable. And 23, do not mm-hmm. have sexual relations with an animal and defile yourself with it. Mm-hmm. A woman must not present herself to an animal to have sexual relations with it. That is a perversion. Mm-hmm. I guess maybe they had a lot of that happening. Mm-hmm. A lot of uh, people just you going, know, up to animals. going up to animals. And of course, there was always homosexuality since the beginning of time. Mm-hmm. So how did you, was that birth like taught to you when you were a kid? Or did you, mm-hmm. were you taught how to think about that? Not so much. It was like a, I, the only concrete thing I can remember from growing up about, you know, homosexuality was the whole Sodom and Gomorrah. Ah, yeah. So that's really where I got, where my understanding of why it would be wrong mm-hmm. for you know a man to sleep with the man and blah 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 because you know that's what was happening in that town and he destroyed it and said you know this is not right but um I don't know if like you know learning that I can't remember though ever like the church or even necessarily my family saying like this is wrong or this mm-hmm. is abomination like we definitely read it I do remember actually I will say this so I went to two different high schools both all-girls schools and when I was transferring I was transferred to like a public all-girls high school and when I was transferring to that school, I just remember my mom being like, oh, this school's known for having a lot of, you know, uh, gay girls there. Mm-hmm. And she says, you know, if someone gives you a gift, don't take it because <gasps> they'll think that, you know, you're their girlfriend oh or something God. like that. Like, yeah, just like, you know, and I'm like, okay, oh, like, whatever. Geez. Yeah, it was a very, like, a very, like, my mom thought, like, if I accept, I don't know where wow. she got this from, or maybe this is what the grownups were talking about at the time, but basically, yeah, this is, like, she basically was like, don't accept any gifts from these girls, because then they're going to try to, you know, like, they're going to want something. They're going to turn you out. And <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. Um, I think the way we approached it was like, love the sinner, hate the sin. Yeah. But, but it is, like, detestable doing, yeah, to God. Doing, right? right. Yeah. Which... The funny part is basically like, you know, men shouldn't have sex with men the way they have sex with the women. Mm-hmm. It didn't say they shouldn't have sex with men. They just shouldn't do it the same way they would do it with a woman. Yeah, so, it's like, hey, can men so maybe they do can other do positions so, but it was other things? not the way, yeah, <laughs> maybe just not the way they do it with the women. Who knows? They have a little gray there. And does God mm-hmm. like wait till mm-hmm. condoms come out? Yeah. There's so many reasons mm-hmm. that are inscrutable to us about so many rules in this right. book of the Bible. You know, you can't co-sign all of it. Right. And... It's going to keep coming up where we're going to mm-hmm. stumble on verses that people use to justify, you know, exactly. restricting yeah. sexuality yeah. to, yeah. Or do another thing. Aside from that, the whole book mm-hmm. is basically, I think, you know, laws pertaining to sex. So, I mean, other than that, from a modern standpoint, the only thing, that would be the only thing I'd be like, well, I don't necessarily agree with that. Yeah. But other than that, everything I was like, yeah, I don't think you should sleep with your sisters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think you should have any incest. So, I mean, I mean, but how much was... people point out, like how much incest mm-hmm. was there in, in the, the beginning, beginning of be, humanity? Though. Yeah, they had yeah, to. Had Everybody's to related. Um, anything other than that in chapter 18? Or do you want to? No, we can move on. 19. So um, first, the first that I wrote was that this book kind of reminded me of the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. Because there was a lot of those saying, thou shalt not do this, thou shalt not do that. But, you know, no false idols. So again, it's like this idea that God is like, don't forget about me. Like, I am the only true God. Like, don't be making these little things in my likeness. And worshiping yep. other things. Again, because, you know, that comes out. He's just letting them know again. Like, I'm your only God. Don't I am that. the Lord your God. Mm-hmm. Do not steal. Do not yeah, lie. Do not, do not deceive yeah. one another do not swear falsely by my name do not defraud or rob right do not hold back wages from someone don't curse anyone 
I'll say another highlight was verse 15. Mm-hmm. It says, ye, yeah. ye yeah. shall do no unrighteousness and judgment. Thou shalt not respect the person of the poor, nor honor the person of the mighty, but in righteousness shalt, shalt thou judge thy neighbor. So, I love that. Yeah. So for me, it was like, yeah, judge people based on their character and not their status or what they look like or what. Yep. Um, which is funny because we also just went through this whole thing about how the lepers needed to be shunned and look like <laughs> disheveled. But now God's like, just don't worry about all that, whether they're poor, rich, or, you know, a priest or this. Well, you if should... you're a leper, you are a danger. You might kill somebody. If <laughs> you're poor, thing. you're it's just broke. You're, you just need help. But you're and clean. Yeah, you you're poor and clean. <laughs> yeah. And I like, I like in this chapter, too, how there's, like, a lot about helping your neighbor. Um, mm-hmm. A couple that I have highlighted are chapter 19, verse 9. Mm-hmm. When you reap the harvest of your land, do not reap to the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Oh, yeah. Do not go over your vineyard a second time or pick up the grapes that have fallen. Leave them for the poor and the foreigner. Yeah, I am so the Lord your God. Like, yeah, like, mm-hmm. You don't need all that. Don't yep. be so like, don't... just like, ooh, I need everything. Like, let the little... You can leave Let some the overflow. Yeah, like you can leave some scraps for people, other people that might need it. Like, yeah. And I like that as a um, character thing for everybody because mm-hmm. I have been thinking lately about how I don't, I don't know, I kind of tend to be a miser or hang on to what I have or try to stretch a, a dollar like a lot. And mm-hmm. what I should be doing is like maybe living more abundantly and like being able to give out of my overflow. And I feel mm-hmm. like everybody, to an extent, if you have any, if you have a little tiny bit more than enough, mm-hmm. like, Everybody can maybe live by this. Don't um, comb everything you have for as much as you can get out of it. Right. Like share something. Yeah, There's something about giving back. And that can be part of the sacrifice too. Like Mm -hmm. even if you only have a little bit of overflow, don't be stingy about it. That's true, yeah. Yeah, and then I love that verse 15 too. Mm -hmm. To me, the idea of just not perverting justice and having justice be really fair. Like Mm -hmm. you're fair to the rich, just like you're fair to to the the poor. poor. And you don't hold one more accountable than the other. Just because of the status what they have Mm -hmm. which is great because like as a poor person if you are living in that you still want respect and you want to be treated like a person and not like you have a voice be partial yeah Yeah, and not have someone be partial out of pity to you or something like that would be insulting too chapter 19 verse 33 when Mm -hmm. a foreigner resides among you in your land do not mistreat them Um, the foreigner residing among you must be treated as your native born Love them as yourself, for you were foreigners in Egypt. Mm-hmm. I am the Lord your God. Yeah, we yep. all were. Yeah, the Israelites like, came upon mm-hmm. a land that mm-hmm. they just claimed it, right? right? So they don't have any more inherent rights than to... someone else that stumbles upon it. So I like the idea of their God being, um, like, making them humble. And, <laughs> yeah, people, their God making the people as humble as they can about where they came from. Mm-hmm. Of like, remember what I gave you, give that to other people. Mm-hmm. The other point that I liked from this book was chapter 19, verse 17 says, thou shalt not hate thy brother in thine heart. Thou shalt in any wise rebuke thy neighbor and not suffer sin upon him. And it was like, it's basically like, don't be passive aggressive. If you got a problem, <laughs> mm-hmm. get it out. You know, like don't just hold all this negative shit in your heart and yeah. walk around like, <clears throat> I don't like that. Like just yeah. be like, you know what? I don't like you did that and go about your day. So I kind of like that idea of not being all like, passive aggressive not holding stuff, stuff and in. holding grudges and holding on to these little you know negative feelings and stuff that's hard yeah. that's so hard to do like being um confrontational in a good way mm-hmm. but you are kind of lightening your own heart and theirs by mm-hmm. by just being upfront. Right. i had that highlighted too rebuke your neighbor frankly so you will not share mm-hmm. in their guilt so like you're complicit if you're not correcting them too mm-hmm. or if they did something true. like wrong or hurtful how are they gonna know if you're not upfront? yeah mm-hmm. you're going along with whatever they did by not calling it out mm-hmm. um but then also like you can be punished or killed for speaking falsely it's okay to be upset with someone you just have to be telling the truth Mm-hmm. All that is needed for evil to prevail is for good men to do nothing. Mm-hmm. Isn't that the quote? Yeah. Something like that. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so 20, I have that they kind of say about laws that are offenses which can be punishable like severely, like by either stoning or death. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of read that. So some of the things, so these are all in the same category. It's like cursing parents, adulterers, incest, homosexuals, man sleeping with wife and her mom sleeping with animals. So all of those are things that could be punishable by death. Oh my gosh. And then it also goes into a lot of things about um, sexual, like, Basically, like men, what being careful of men doing X, Y, Z. I thought that was interesting because it's like from the beginning of the time, they're basically like men are sexual predators. Yeah, and they do all these wrongdoings. Like beware, like they're only thinking with their, you know. Mm-hmm. Careful. A man or woman who is a medium or spiritist among you must be put to. Death. Oh yeah, so yeah, that's what I was thinking of earlier when you were likening, you know, all these rituals to witchcraft. Witchcraft, and, yeah. Yeah, and then later they're like, yeah, no, <laughs> put them to death. Yeah. <laughs> like I guess the yeah. idea of being a medium or a spiritist. I guess they're talking about people who claim to talk for the dead. Mm-hmm. You're to be stoned to death if you communicate with the dead. I'm going to have mm-hmm. to um, believe that that's what they're talking about. Someone who is um, claiming godlike powers. But yeah, in our mind now, in a modern context, it's like all of the ritual that they're doing to reach God mm-hmm. is just as freaky right. as any other witchy thing. Right. But they're starting to make little categories of ritualism and what mm-hmm. the right rituals are. Right. <laughs> so. Let's see, 21, it was like, yeah, basically talking about how the priests remain holy. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is where a lot of, even in today, you get the pressure from the church. You know, it's like the preacher's daughter or whatever. Like anyone who is part of that, like pastor, priest, family, like they need to be in line to the, yeah. the priests themselves. Like there's this like kind of pressure to be perfect and clean and pure and holy and all that stuff. And it says that the priests must take clean, pure women. Like they can't be out here messing around with these whores and, yeah. you know, comment. Like they need to take these clean, Jezebels. Pure, yeah, clean, pure women. But there was something that they were talking about. The daughter of a priest, if she was being a whore. Mm-hmm. Then all the men that she was like bringing in were whores too. Right, right, right. Like, right, right. yeah, and I thought that was like, yeah, oh my god. Verse nine: If a priest's daughter defiles herself by becoming a prostitute, she disgraces her father. She must be burned in the fire. Dang. That's one thing. He can only sleep with a virgin, not someone who's been defiled by prostitution. Mm-hmm. The high priest. They're talking about the high priest. I like that their high priest mm-hmm. could marry. But yeah, it wasn't like they had to be celibate or anything. Because that is so unnatural. Mm-hmm. They can't do that now. Mm-hmm. For generations to come after mm-hmm. Aaron, um, none of Aaron's descendants can come near God, come near to offer the food of his God if he has a defect. So no oh, yeah. man who has any defect may come near. No man who is blind or lame, disfigured or deformed. Yeah. You can't be a hunchback or a dwarf. You can't have an eye defect or has... You can't have festering or running sores or damaged testicles. So even if you have a defective testicle, you can't come. You can't go near the curtain or approach the altar and desecrate the sanctuary. It's like, God, you created. I know, right? You made them that way. And now you're like, you gotta be. Yeah. So it's not, that one isn't just about bacteria. He just straight up doesn't want to look at ugly people. Yeah. He's like, you're, you don't look good to me. You got defect. I think he looks good. I'm perfect. You're not. That is offensive to me. Pretty much. Please stay away. I didn't really write much for 22 more about Aaron and the priests, like their separation from common people. Like mm-hmm. this idea, to, yeah, they're on a different playing field kind of. They have a special connection. And then 23 was just all about the feast and um, holidays and stuff. We talk about Sabbath, keeping Sabbath holy. We talk about Passover, Yom Kippur. Yeah, there's so many um, yeah, high holidays many explained. Holidays. Yeah. Yom Kippur is still a huge deal. Um, Day of Atonement, mm-hmm. where you fast for a whole day and pray, and um, it's um, apologizing for your personal and community sins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's a bunch of rules for what shelters to live in, how long, what day of the month it should be. Yeah, um, more ceremony. Yeah, more instruction. <laughs> yeah, more instruction. Whew, I'm tired just like talking I about know, it. I like, can't imagine having to keep it up. Right. <laughs>
Goodness. I guess you get used to it after you're I living guess. for 560 years and stuff by the, you know, 200th year. You're like, I got this down. I know what they're doing. Yeah. Happening. This is all very brand new. I'm sure mm-hmm. if this were our uh, lived under Levitical law, we would have been used to it by now. I'm sure. Yeah. I think the celebrations might be fun. And yeah. All the seasoned food that we wouldn't be allowed mm-hmm. to eat because we're not perfect looking. Then <laughs> number 24, there's more talk about what the tabernacle should look like. And then this is kind of like where they get into that whole eye for an eye, tooth for tooth situation yep fracture for fracture eye for eye tooth for tooth verse 20 in chapter 24 the one who has inflicted the injury must suffer the same injury Mm-hmm. Not for our modern society, maybe, but one thing I thought was interesting is verse 17 says, He that killeth any man shall surely be put to death. So it's like, but what about all the people you guys are stoning? You're killing people, so should you be put to death? Like, it's like very. Where like, does it end? Yeah, and it's like you just had them go up in flames because they didn't, you know. Oh, God. Make the altar, you know, yeah. the way you wanted it, or make this fire, or they sacrifice something without being told. So it's like, and then you're telling people, yeah. You know, a brother sleeps with this, he should be put to death. So it's you're like saying if you're it's killing, critical. Yeah, it's kind of like, well, you're saying all these people should be put to death. So what about the people that are killing them? Because now you're saying anyone that killeth a man shall surely be put to death. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I guess maybe he means an innocent man. Maybe that's what's missing here. Like if you're just out there killing someone just because versus you're killing someone who, you know. You know, death is a fact of life, a fact <laughs> of nature. And if God is nature, he's just like, you know what? I'm the Lord. Different rules apply to me. Death happens. I'm not a person. I'm exempt from all these rules. Hmm. And he's teaching that, like, life is so sacred. But at the same time, then later in wartime, he tells people, like, eat the babies. Kill them. Yeah, kill the women. Do do do. Like, there is a lot of, like... Stone people to death. Yeah. I don't know. It's <laughs> very, like... But they're, on some level, they're trying to conceive of the idea that killing is wrong mm-hmm. i don't know there's something they're trying to i think killing for no reason is what they're trying yeah, to yeah you can't just kill just, willy-nilly yeah. oh i just love all the stuff of like do not take advantage of each poor. other yeah, yeah it's like don't exploit the poor rich people mm-hmm. just because you have more you shouldn't be exploiting these poor people mm-hmm. that's also great so on one hand we're really starting to recognize the sanctity of human life and mm-hmm. um what like the dignity of being a human mm-hmm. and they're trying so hard to preserve that but it's like the priests look perfect and they're healthy and then everybody else should be trying to be perfect and healthy but everybody has just as much a right as anyone else if you're a slave you can redeem yourself and pay for yourself and that's something interesting too um chapter 25 um Mm -hmm. verse 44 for example your male and female slaves are to come from the nations around you from them you may buy slaves you may also buy some of the temporary residents living among you. Um, so it's saying, like, don't enslave Israelites because you are you belong to me. But the people around you, you can buy. <laughs> yes. But the people who are Israelites and get enslaved by other people, there are routes for them to, like, be bought back. Mm-hmm. And it's not, like, a final, like, this is going to be Not a done life. deal, yeah. yeah. This is your life. You're always going to be a slave, though. But the idea, hopefully people are still living to be, like, 500 years old or more. Right. Because if every 50, 50 years... <laughs> it might only happen once for some, most people. That's your Maybe one chance. Yeah. But there is some kind of sliding scale of, like, who can be paid for, mm-hmm. where it lists out. This isn't until chapter 27, but it lists out mm-hmm. women being, you know, worth fewer shekels than men are. Right. Um, just relative to, like, their marketplace value and probably how strong they are and how they can labor for mm-hmm. the community and for the tabernacle. Let's see. 26. Mm-hmm. Okay, that was all I wrote basically was about. That's basically God saying that um, if they follow these rules, <laughs> to see everything's good. They're just all going to be going to have so much rain for them to make these crop goes. They're going to win all their wars and, you know, everything, be, will, be yeah, perfect. everything will be perfect. But if they Heaven don't, on earth. then these plagues are going to come. 
It's the curse. And they're going to be, you know, wild beasts and plays. Basically, they're going to turn into zombies and start eating each other. Um, let me see if I can find where he says, yeah. Chapter, yeah, chapter 26, verse 16, he says, I also will do this unto you. I will even appoint over you terror, consumption, and the burning, I don't know what the word is, egg, Agni, that shall consume the eyes and cause sorrow of the heart, and ye shall sow your seed in vain, for your enemies shall eat it. Damn. Verse 36 says, Upon them that are left alive of you, I will send a faintness into your hearts in the lands of their enemies, and the sound of a shaken leaf shall chase them, and they shall flee as fleeing from a sword, and they shall fall when none pursue it. So it's just like this constant state of like terror and fear. Like even once you hear a pin drop, you're like, going to be so paranoid. Yeah, so, yeah, like, <laughs> I'm around you know, every corner. Yeah, you're not going to want to live because yeah, you can't. Yeah. It's a constant state of terror and fear. Basically, it's getting incentive to do what I tell you to do. Yeah. They needed, for whatever reason, they needed some strong warning, right. like threat of a curse mm-hmm. to keep them in line. Because mm-hmm. like, if you do have leprosy and you just go around without ripping your clothes, mm-hmm. you might kill people. That's true. So he's not wrong. And he's saying like, your guilt and your sin will haunt you and you'll be so very strong language. I'll agree with that. Yeah, it's, it's kind very of dark. Like, <laughs> but um You're being fairly warned though. I mean that's We're, true. We we've been told. That is true. And I guess <laughs> at this point we've already had a few examples too. So, yeah, yeah like, we've seen him we've seen you do kill you people just, for yeah. very minor infractions. But you're right. Yeah, maybe yeah. I should just listen. I think I probably will just listen to yeah. you. Yeah. We were talking about this during the week before recording. You were like, Oh, it took a good turn or there was some kind of turn that, was I was that? talking about yeah. I think I said it got wild or, or it got a while. wild I was yeah. talking about the curses oh yeah because I was okay. like dang because everything is about mm-hmm. you know God um it is there is an implied threat throughout mm-hmm. and there's a lot of like violence throughout and like death talked about but then when you get to the end and he's like no I will personally haunt you and stalk you mm-hmm. I was like whoa <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's taking a lot of pleasure in that right that part of it but it's our choice ultimately to get in line do the right thing or not <laughs> get in line or get killed <laughs> yeah you too. i guess the whole thing is about people trying to atone or mm-hmm. to sacrifice the right amount right for whatever they need to sacrifice exactly. or atone like for getting back in balance almost like how much it is about this wrong how are we gonna get you back on back on right, track yeah back on the right side on the, yeah it's like it's just it's like um, it's kind brutal. of this idea too it's gonna have to pain you as much as it pains the person that you yeah. did wrong to that's yeah the whole eye for it like like it's basically it should stick it you should... right in the gut as much as you did to them like you can't just be like oh well here's this old shoe i have and you know i'm sorry i <laughs> you know touched your daughter but here take my shoe it's like nah that's <laughs> not, not gonna, gonna cut it i'm not gonna cut it you're about to throw this in the trash anyways Great takeaway for that. Um, when we talk about our word of faith, one thing I was thinking about too is backing things up with tangible, actionable things. Mm-hmm. That's pretty important. That is like one good thing the book gave us. I thought it, um, we did talk about the most barbaric and horrible things. And mm-hmm. I guess the thing that I took away that was like the hardest was all the, you know, barbarism of slaughtering animals. And, Man, that was, yeah, yeah, like their internal organs. Reading that I almost wanted that. to throw up. So I was like, yeah. this is ridiculous. I was like, Ugh. Yeah, and I'm like, why is God so particular about how you do... But it is another hygiene thing. It's a mm-hmm. medical thing. It's a whatever it is. They had their reason. Right and wrong but, way to do stuff. But that's like a very grisly way to think about connecting mm-hmm. with God in our day and age. Right. And then um, bigger than that, just the uh, the overall shame and guilt that we're supposed to have over um, 
things that maybe like the girls bleeding bleeding or the you know women bleeding or girls being mm. more unclean than boys when mm. they're born or like all of that that's like kind of out of our control there's a lot of atoning to do for so much that god like why are we apologizing and atoning just for being, so much for being human yeah, just for being existing <laughs> yeah. and god is like this is what you have to do to be in my presence like i'm so sorry but you have to do better and you have well, to look bleeding, better and maybe it's because we weren't supposed to do that in the first place and eat and all that mm-hmm. messed up stuff. So he's like, now, now I gotta look at you bleed every month. So you're gonna punish me because <laughs> I didn't plan on doing that, but you took, you know, yeah. the fruit that I chose not to. So now we both suffer. Yeah, there's a lot of um, blaming of the human in it for sure. Mm-hmm. Where God is like, I set you up to be perfect and be an Eden, but everything after that is on you. Mm-hmm. So make yourself Even worthy. He's supposed to be all knowing. He knew this was gonna happen anyway. Yeah, so. I mean, whatever. <laughs> but we got our free will in exchange, right? That's mm-hmm. what they say. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a lot of extra hardship over and above having leprosy and whatever you're dealing with on top of it you have all these things to keep up with and rituals to keep up with to connect with god which Mm -hmm. is a lot a lot anything overall that upset you the most other than the animal stuff i would say that was probably the most like barbaric and weird just like even i don't know it's weird because even the stuff about like women having to you know as a woman you would think maybe it's but i was like it kind of is nasty to be bleeding all over the (laughs) place like walking around town bleeding everywhere really bother me i don't know what about the beauty? What about the good parts? Like the, the, your beauty. favorite parts? Anything there? The of course, you know, the judging people by their character. Mm-hmm. Of course, I like that. I and then just the whole like I, that I, a sense I got from it was like no matter how ugly it is, the truth is. The, I don't know. The truth is the truth. I kind of mm-hmm. got. So I kind of just like this idea of like being upfront and honest and truthful. Like this mm-hmm. stuff happens and confronting yeah, confronting it and yeah like dealing with it okay so you did this so just being accountable and then I guess maybe the other thing just personally is I've been called stubborn in my life oh yeah me too so just the idea of just listening mm-hmm. like there's rules for a reason sometimes and these situations there might be a reason why it was so specific and these are the trust law of the, the land wisdom. just trust the wisdom of someone who's been there you don't have to necessarily question everything all the time yeah so I think that's kind of what I want to take away sometimes just maybe not always like either one thinking i know better fighting mm-hmm. back something but also just be, like if someone's saying do this know that there's some re- there's like, a reason there's yeah a reason. there's a reason you're telling me this so what is the reason like yeah. yeah not just fighting back or just being dismissive of you know whatever they have to say so yeah that's yeah, a good one it's yeah. like yeah mm-hmm. accountability trusting on trusting mm-hmm. in the wisdom that came before you yeah yeah stop rubbing your dirty rashes everywhere <laughs> there's a reason why we're not supposed to do that yeah but i'm not gonna stop eating crap yeah that's not happening, that's not happening. <laughs> i mean i'm reading it right now but even then that i'll be stubborn <laughs> yeah. so. i love that and for me the beautiful parts too i mean we already talked about chapter 19 verse 15 about the impartiality not perverting justice mm-hmm. i love the generosity toward neighbors and mm-hmm. foreigners too and not mm-hmm. over scraping your crops and sharing i need to do that more because yeah. i feel like i've been the beneficiary of people's generosity and mm-hmm. i've given back maybe more in terms of like labor and i want to mm-hmm. also be materially minded of like mm-hmm. how can i tangibly show people that i have something to contribute yeah. and like mm-hmm. you know but yeah the generosity thing the and the idea of god and humans coexisting mm-hmm. and celebrating and sometimes it is about jubilee and celebration and right the, enjoying your family there's yeah. rejoicing and like harvesting and enjoying the spoils mm-hmm. of what god gave you over the years mm-hmm. it's just in between there's so much hardship mm-hmm. and work apologizing but <laughs> there's some good fellowship in there true all right yeah how do you feel about a uh, word of faith what do you think you want to carry into our next well, couple weeks i would say i guess then my carryover will be to the last thing i just said was maybe just listen mm. sometimes you know or do something 
a certain way, even if maybe in my little back of my head, I might think, well, I could do it this way, or I might maybe just trust, I would say, an experienced person and um, really just, sometimes it's easier too if you just follow the rules. Because I will say, I definitely have learned some lessons the hard way. What about you? What is your... My word of faith? Mm -hmm. I have to try to start making these actionable or I'm not going to remember for the next mm-hmm. recording. Mm-hmm. So I try to break it down into just a gratitude journal, <laughs> okay. which I've always vaguely wanted to do, but I, I feel like that. I should try to keep it up. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that I've been meditating again is good, but like I need to add a conscious... Like quantify it yeah. at least three times before our next meeting or something yeah. like that. Yeah. I need to have a gratitude journal where I make, I don't want to say mm-hmm. daily entries, but some kind of entries about like what I... I can be thankful for in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also like want to mail out cards to people because I don't mm-hmm. do that stuff for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And I have people to thank just like for the past mm-hmm. couple years of life who have mm-hmm. like been good friends and just engaging on that level um, nice. with gestures is good. Yeah, Having gratitude, nice. some social responsibility, being more pro-social. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like it. Sounds good. Well, thank you, India, for another wonderful book. Thank you if you're listening. Thank you yeah, for following you. along with us. And we hope, you, we hope you keep reading, keep listening, keep enjoying Leviticus over faith. and over. Yeah, keep, keep your going. faith. Keep going. <laughs> keep the faith. Keep pressing on. And until next time, we'll be back in two weeks on Sunday. And we'll be back with numbers. Uh, numbers? numbers? Uh-oh, is it? Numbers. numbers, which I'm sure will be action-packed. Mm. Yeah, can't wait to dig into that. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.